All right, we're live. The world isn't ready. You want to tweet it out? What do we do? Um, why don't we? Are you recording too, or is it just going live? I think uh, I think it records as you go. All right, cool. So why don't we? Uh, why don't we just go through it all, and then uh, I'll post the recorded bit on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it shows. Yeah, it shows the link. You see the link? You, are you using Google Hangouts? Obviously, yeah, you are. I'm on, yeah, I'm on yeah you, see, you see the? Do you see the link? No, where do I see that? Are you posting no, in the chat? Maybe only I can see it. In the lower right, it shows links. Oh, yeah, and I don't see... Uh... It shows the uh, YouTube link. Nope, must be uh, for the upper echelons only. Okay, but all right, whatever. Let's assume it's being recorded. Yeah. So, oh, there you go, dude. Now you have much better res, too. Everything's coming in clear. I see Monero talk on the whiteboard. Nice. With the Chow Bunga Man. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your Twitter? I think it's B Kunzig. Just B K U N Z I G. K U N Z I G. I should probably change my name to like something anonymous. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing our OPSEC isn't too good. I know. I have so many B cashers <laughs> looking to chop my head off. It's crazy. All right. Well, if anybody can say those are our Twitter <laughs> handles. Put my address next to it. <laughs> so, uh, dude, you saw that video I sent you, right? Yeah, no, no, but for, yeah, first, the, the Elon Musk thing. Yeah, what is that oh, all about? I only <laughs> caught pieces of it on Yahoo News, so who knows what's really happening. But all I saw was Elon called the guy a pedo after, I guess, maybe that guy was saying it was a publicity stunt that the submarine was never really a viable option. So then he's just like, you're a pedophile? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like child PP, you know, like it's like that doesn't seem like an Elon Musk move. Well, he apologized for it. He's been backtracking all day. I don't understand why that whole thing has been like a, a like a clusterfuck from the get go. Yeah, I don't know. It's like everyone attacked him for trying to help, and then he just flipped out on somebody. <laughs> Twitter's weird, man, because like now everything. Just everything's happening publicly. Like that would never, it would just wouldn't blow up that way without Twitter, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm loving every second of it. But uh, the regulation, episode one. Oh, regulations. So, what, going back to what was that, early last week? Yeah. Or was that two weeks ago already? I think that was two weeks ago. We tried when well, we tried to do our first episode, but failed. Right. Early. Things in crypto happen so fast, I've lost track of time. If it was like three days ago, it feels like three months ago. I know. Well, it feels like time is flying by, right? I just, yeah, I it's can't. Making time, it's making time go by faster for me. Yeah. I'm, I literally, like, that's I just, a blur. Yeah, I just think in terms of like when's the next like bull run or whatever, like <laughs> bull and bear season. It's just ignore. <laughs> like last August to this August flew by for me. Oh yeah, and I think it's literally because of crypto. Absolutely, every you're watching. You know what? One of the fundamental problems was for me last year is I spent so much time price watching instead of spending that time learning about the fundamentals. I've tried so hard now to make my friends as they jumped in, like Hervey, who was buying Substratum, that idiot. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I tried every to to push everyone to learn more about it. 
But yeah, like, I mean, well, I was even trying to push you into that. Yeah. At the time, but I, then I, I went to, ended up getting sucked down your wormhole instead of sucking you down mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty hard not to get caught up in the oh, price. Oh, yeah. Up, so, up 30%, down 30%. Yeah. It was just every two days. It was just fun. Yeah, that was wild. Well, we'll see. The next bull run might – Alan Silbert was on uh, Twitter on uh, CNBC today saying that the bottom is in. He feels confident about it. So Who is that? Oh, the Silbert brother? Yeah, yeah the Silbert brother. What is he? What's his uh... – Oh, it might have been Barry Silbert. Yeah, it was yeah. Barry Silbert. Oh, Barry Silbert. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah, no, I think his brother's in the crypto world space too, right? Yeah, Alan I follow on Twitter. He's really good. Barry just kind of tweets whenever he wants to get philosophical or promote Ethereum Classic for some reason. But And Barry's the one that started GBTC, right? The... Yeah. Which, you know, I'm surprised a lot of people are into, um, and I don't know why. It's like you're, you're jumping through the same ropes to get to, a, I guess, what's essentially, like, what is GBTC? It's, it's well, I mean, I understand the reason why it's not, I, I don't see why anybody like me or you would use it, but I guess the, the idea is it's an exchange fund, right? So then anybody. Yeah, I guess that, if you're worried about custodianship of uh, your coins. Right. So you could, or you could like put your retirement money essentially right through your 401ks or whatever you could, it's a fund that you could choose yeah. as an option. Right. I think, I mean, I think oh, that's, I, that's, I I, that's the only reason why I'd see people using it. Yeah. And I, I haven't um, looked too far into it. I, I, I read some bad things about it like a year ago and never looked back. And it's a lot more per than one Bitcoin, right? Is the way it works, or it's it's less than one. It oh, used to be a hundredth of a Bitcoin, but I think they they changed that, or it used to be a tenth of a Bitcoin. Now it's a hundredth. I'm right. Not sure they changed it, but but it's a security. It's not yeah. Bitcoin. So and we don't recommend it on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess it will become obsolete once these ETFs are launched. Absolutely. Or, yeah, once, I mean, those will compete against it. And yeah, but once it's actually, yeah, if it's settled in actual Bitcoin, though, I think that's the entire, like, that's the whole, uh, that's that's the, the benefit of having an ETF that's not just settled in cash. It's actually, they have to take custodianship of the Bitcoin, right? Where GBTC is correlated to the price of Bitcoin and they don't actually own the Bitcoin. Right, that's what allowed them to launch. Right, exactly, which because, you know, doesn't help the Bitcoin market at all. It's just literally, you know, a way to, I guess, leverage some cash that normally wouldn't be thrown in on a Bitcoin exchange. Right, that wouldn't be able to get in otherwise. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but anybody that actually has cash that can buy Bitcoin, I mean, you'd have to be a complete fool to buy GPTC versus actually just buying Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. So... So getting back on track, though, to the regulations, uh, two weeks ago, what was he basically saying? I mean, I, I forget already because now we're – Well, two weeks ago was when the Secret Service basically – the guy from the Secret Service right, testified. Right. And they said that it wasn't – what struck me as odd, it was cool that he wasn't talking about banning it specifically, just saying you know they have to monitor the on-ramps. But what was interesting to me was that other guy that spoke – I got to look up his name. He was saying how it's not impossible, like he's not convinced that it's not entirely impossible to break down the chain and where they could actually trace a good amount of it, even on Monero, say. He didn't mention Monero specifically, but he's definitely of the notion that these coins that focus on anonymity 
are not nearly as secure as they would set out to have people believe. And be right. Yeah, that was an interesting take. Yeah. So the whole thing was about regulation, how they're worried about um, anonymous coins. But yeah, he, he was kind of alluding to the fact like, well, it's just kind of difficult for us to track these. Right. Not that it's impossible. But I, I mean, I think that's kind of bullshit, right? I mean, how are they? They could track the the in ramps, the on ramps, and the off ramps, but nobody's yeah. tracking I, transactions. I think the biggest telltale is that no ring has been busted, no underground, you know, whether it's a sex trafficking ring. Like we're always reading about these Bitcoin rings getting busted, mm-hmm. and you never hear that with Monero. Um, I don't know if Zcash has had anyone, but no one's really using Zcash anonymously anyway. So. That yeah, would, that would be the biggest blow, I think, is if that. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't mention. Yeah, they didn't mention Monero by name, or I don't think. I don't think they really mentioned any coins by name during that testimony. They just said anonymous or anonymy enhanced cryptocurrencies. Um, which of course Monero is the primary one, right? So I guess you're basically talking about Monero at that point, but it's just it's just kind of. Interesting that this is really coming to a head now, this whole regulation thing. Like the the war has really begun, I feel like, against anonymous crypto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're seeing that unfold. What was interesting today on that video I sent you with the, that finance panel. Yeah, they, that was that was a congressional panel, right? Right. And they were really, you know, they were focused on one, what is it? And then two, how are people staying anonymous on it? You know, and I was blown away that one guy, Dr. Mitchell, he's a huge advocate of Bitcoin in general. And it was great to have him Michelle. on the panel. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, that's what they would call him, Michelle. I don't know if it was Mitchell. Yeah, I don't know that. if they're making fun of him or like. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did. Uh, whatever. Dr. Mitchell, Michelle, uh, he was backing it up. Um, and I really wish he pounced on uh, the first congressman, the, the chairman, when he was bringing up, well, you have China and Vietnam banning it outright, and then you have countries like Malta supporting it. And he just completely bypassed the biggest country supporting it, Japan, where they made it a currency. You know, and I thought I was hoping someone would just add that in so that there's actual like legitimacy to it beyond them thinking like, oh, some small country is just kind of saying that it works out. You know, it's it's proven on a, such a larger scale than that. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, he was so he was the only one basically straight up in support of yeah. Bitcoin crypto, right? On the panel, although, um, and it's funny because like he really just came across as the most intelligent guy in the room. At least, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but yeah, the best was towards the end with uh, that that last guy to sit down where he was. He was like, "Sorry, I was held up by a, a vote, and I had to speak at uh, some other hearing." Yeah. But, uh, you know, and he went on and on and had real, really no point. And then he's like, so, uh, Dr. Michelle, would uh, you care to answer that? And he's like, what's the question? What's your question? <laughs> you know, like, a lot of these guys have no understanding of yeah. what it is, especially uh, that Congressman Sherman, who yes. only for drugs and illegal purposes. Yeah, that guy, that's scary. I mean, the way he's, he see, and he basically, yeah, he was saying what value proposition or what problem is crypto solving? And yeah. he doesn't. And Pollock was the only. Nobody really Pollock answered, answered that question. Pollock Did answered he? it, but not to Sherman. He answered it at the end, and it would have been the perfect answer to Sherman. 
when he was saying, well, you know, it's a way where the, you know, there's no, inf- there's a set, set rules, set inflation, set this, like, right. that's exactly it. You're opting out of what's controlled by the Federal Reserve. Someone should have just said that as. Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of answers. I think that's the, oh, the most yeah. obvious one. That's the biggest benefit, right? Right. It's, it's this new currency that's not controlled right. by, right. A, a, you know, a group of guys that are deciding when they want to lower the interest rate or raise the interest rate or print exactly. more money. Yeah, no one ca- no one came back with that. I was yeah, really- nobody really nailed that one. I think Michelle was Michelle was just like I'm not. I can't even waste my time with you. This is you're an idiot. Let's move on. You know. I mean, it's kind of like during the advent of the internet, kind of being like, what problem does it solve? Like we were fine before it existed. Why do we need it now? Yeah. I mean, it's not as obvious as that, but to like to make that line of argument, like to say, well, what is it even doing? Like, why do we even need it? I think it's just a ridiculous argument to make. I mean. It's yeah. a lot of technology when it's invented. You don't really even know what it's going to end up being used for. Yeah, like, that to me was like Krugman's comment, uh, equating it to the fa- internet to the fax machine. Yeah, you know? like when you when you have the intern the internet of money, like we don't even know what value is going to come. Like it's obviously like a thousands of things are going to blossom from it. We don't even can't even imagine a fraction of what they're going to be. I mean, it's just. It's just a way for money will now be like fluid over the internet. Yeah, it is pretty wild, especially it's pretty obvious that that's going to lead to value. Yeah. So. Do so you agree? Do you agree with uh, Barry Silbert? The bottom is in. Um. I don't know. I mean, I guess I really have no. <laughs> I have no reason to say one way or the other. I mean, other than the fact that it appears to be pumping up right now yeah i mean when you you zoom out the pump doesn't look that big oh yeah i mean honestly the the way we've called tops and bottoms you know when we were betting on it last year i mean nobody has any idea yeah i mean tone vase our favorite oh Oh, my god he obviously doesn't think we're there yet no he's still calling for 1300 he really thinks i think he's starting to hedge his bets a little bit though right he needs to because he did this the same thing he did this last year and it almost screwed me. Remember when I went in, uh, I went all in at like the price was like twenty eight hundred and yeah. I was freaking out. And then we went up to five K trying to ban Bitcoin. We started rallying back down to three K and tone vase. There you go. Sign up thirteen hundred. If three K breaks, we're going right to thirteen. Yeah. Calling thirteen the whole time saying three wasn't going to hold. And I was really tempted to sell when we were at that. Once we went to 2,900, I almost sold and I would have shot myself for listening to Tone Vase. So I'll never listen to him again on bottoms. He could keep his 1,300. Tone Vase is so annoying, but I can't help but listen to him all the time. Yeah, it's fun. I just, I just hate that he's just so, he calls everything a scam. Like I, I get, like I, I was a Bitcoin maximalist too, still am to a degree. But I just yeah. don't think it's fair to call everything scam. Like, right. Listen, if you're a people, man, there's some legitimate projects out there. People are experimenting. They're working on it. A scam implies that they're trying to rip somebody off, right? Like that they're not even working on technology. That they're just trying to do a money grab. Right. Like, like the, the like people are completely misusing the term scam. Oh yeah. Well, the way Tone uses it is just a little crazy. But 
like the whole the whole ecosystem is taking uh, taking that you know approach. Anybody that's a Bitcoin maximalist just calls anything that's not Bitcoin a scam. Yeah, which really hurts the cause. Because, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, like it's great to be a Bitcoin maximalist. I mean, it's hard not to be when you understand the fundamentals of everything. Which is why I think you and I, the only other coin we own, but from Bitcoin, is Monero. Because when you actually look at the fundamentals, we realize fungibility is a key trait. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't own any Bitcoin, but yeah. Okay, so you're all Monero. <laughs> well, well, for you, I mean, it just, it literally, really? Monero is Bitcoin, you know? It's, it's yeah. what it was set out to be. Exactly. Um, I just don't know when Bitcoin will ever get fungibility. I feel like it will happen eventually, just maybe years and years away. And I suck at timing, so I have both. But if you look at like Ripple, sure, Tone should call that a scam all day. They they own sixty percent of the coins. I know there's no mining on it, but it was basically yeah. All right, Ripple was a scam. Sure, right. started by the banks essentially as a way to compete with Bitcoin to be like this. That's Bitcoin isn't the real one. This is the real one. Right, right. But then Litecoin, I I don't have Litecoin. I don't think it should have much value, but I don't see it as a scam at all. Yeah, let's see. I see it as more of a. If you're gonna label something a scam, I could start to see how, like, all right, maybe like Charlie Lee was just thinking, how could I make money by? Okay, you know, sure, I could see him say, thinking that maybe. Yeah, but that's all right. It's okay to to want to make money with the product. I don't but think he. Not- I don't think his thought was, let me just make something where I could steal scam people out of money. I'm not even trying to create new technology. I think he was legitimately trying to create new tech hoping that his thing got adopted. You know, it's like, it'd be like somebody competing against Facebook and you're calling it a scam because they're trying to compete against something that has the network effect. And, oh, like, no, it's just a scam. Right. And he he fairly launched it with plenty of notice. I have no problem with Litecoin. And I think what it did with Segwit last year was awesome. Yeah, I mean, at that one point, we were like literally considering Litecoin as a real competitor. Yeah, and that was a scary time. Yeah, that was a scary time. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I thought it was great, too, especially when, you know, he can navigate all the political pitfalls, all the infighting, get the miners to just adopt it on Litecoin, probably told them, listen, Litecoin's never going to replace Bitcoin. Let's just do it here and uh, make some money on a pump. And of course, it pumped. It went from like four bucks to what is it now? 80 something after an 80 percent reduction. So uh, I think it was great to get Segwit active. But now I'm running out of reasons to why it exists again. I mean, I made. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we kind of right. Even last year, we were just like, it's just a test net. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I, I can't I don't understand why it's holding up so well. But I think Litecoin, maybe it's next time to shine might be during this fungibility you know scalability it's been settled the people that want big blocks have left the chain everyone else is now sitting tight waiting for layer two but once we have to add fungibility that's going to be the next battlefront and you know we're in monero i could see litecoin trying to adopt like mimblewimble and all that other technology maxwell is you know looking to add to you know core but uh yeah but the thing is monero already does it and it's been doing it for a long time well, like, what I'm interested the in. The war has already been won. So it's literally, it's just going to be arguments of them saying they're going to get there. We're already here. So I don't really get how you beat it. Yeah, that, that is true. I wonder how, what Charlie Lee is going to say when he's like, we need to add Mimblewimble and all this other stuff. Because Monero doesn't scale, I guess, is the argument. Well, with bulletproofs, 
bulletproofs look like they're going to come out in the next release now. Yeah. And so that's what an 80% reduction in, in data size per transaction. That's wild. So, I mean, you know, Mimblewimble is still cheaper somehow, but I got to look at that. Do you know the difference between Mimblewimble and Ring CT? Maybe I'll have that for the next episode. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the details on that. You're the the tech guy. Yeah, I'll take a look um, at the differences. Yeah, the thing about Bulletproofs, too, what I find promising is, one, that it actually is reducing, you know, transaction sizes, right, by 80% or something, right? Yeah. And then, two, I feel like that's just proof that, there's more to come in terms of improvement in, in, in of efficient, efficiency. Like it is possible to make these improvements. Like, right. so the argument that Monero can't scale is just being disproved because it's scaling. I mean, and it's, it's living up to, it's not like everybody's banging down the door to go buy Monero today. So, I mean, it's, it's scaling proportional to the demand. Right. Plus it has, I mean, it's dynamic block size. I think what's interesting too is everybody, it's it's a different issue than on Bitcoin in that, you know, Monero with its dynamic block sizes, we don't have to worry about block size. We All we have to focus on is bandwidth for transactions. And with bulletproofs, with Schnorr signatures, I mean, especially at this adoption rate, I don't see how that won't keep up. And I think anyone would be hard pressed to say that Monero is going to start running into that upper bound at some point, especially with them working now on lightning integration into Monero uh, using Tari. I really, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's that, I mean, lightning, wouldn't that just save the day? It's just a matter of how long, how far down the road is lightning for Monero. I mean, it's hard to gauge that. I would love to, that'd be a good show too, to talk to people about that like about the actual tech and try to figure out where where we're at and where we're headed like is lightning being added to monero is that a real thing that's going to happen and is that something that's like years and years away or are we talking like you know a year away i would say probably a year away considering now they have paid people working on it you know it's kind of funny uh i was I, i wanted to like tweet blast ricardo spagdi because, you know, he was always knocking everybody like, oh, the, the Ethereum Foundation, I'm going to start the Monero Alliance, all this stuff. And then, you know, he went and started Tari. It's legitimate, but it really is essentially going to be the Monero Alliance. I mean, he's building up a team of paid people to now work on it. They're not going to have impact over which way the chain goes directly. But I mean, if they want to move the chain a certain way, I can't imagine anybody saying, no, let's not do that. Yeah, well, that's that's like Blockstream, right? Or like uh, it's more like Vitalik, I guess. You know, and that's not no, a bad thing. It's it's a comp- It's like Blockstream. I see it more like a Blockstream. Well, no? I mean, Blockstream doesn't contribute too much to to core nowadays. You know, like it's more like, and a lot of people focus on Blockstream because they have like Liquid as a side chain and and they do some marketing. But like Chain Code Labs, is probably the biggest contributor to core for like the last two years. Um, and that, like, that's what I love about Bitcoin, too, is that we don't even know the main people working on it anymore. You know, like everyone focuses on Blockstream, especially the Bcashers. Right. They're not the ones driving the ship anymore. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, but I mean, that's just a natural next stage. The fact that you have now these companies yeah. that are forming to build the next layers of technology on top of the original protocol. 
I mean, if that didn't happen, that would be a problem. Oh, absolutely. It's happening is a good thing. So. Well, that and that and he's already been very clear that there won't be an ICO. You know, he's choosing a very different path of which is a very respectable path. I mean, if you just pretend he never bought a million dollar watch, <laughs> he's yeah, a great edge, you know. He's yeah, but that that's but that is like the block streams though, right? Like they didn't do ICOs, they got venture capital funding or right, these, right. these other Bitcoin companies that are building yeah, technology. Like, like Lightning Labs. They raised they raised two million dollars. That's it. You have ICOs in the billions with no product. Right. And they're gonna build with two million dollars. Yep. But then, so back to regulation because we completely uh, lost oh, yeah. the topic. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, an interesting thing. Uh, they started to discuss like FedCoin oh, in that video. Today's video. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of scary. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it is really funny. And somebody, somebody touched on it. It was probably Michelle again. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. But. It really it makes no sense to have a central authority issuing a trying to issue something on a blockchain, and I, I don't think well they they were saying well they, they were some of them were describing it as well then you don't even need the blockchain and you don't need proof of work it's basically just yeah someone uh, the panel it's it's Fedcoin it's just you know digital dollars that are swappable for regular cash uh, where the government controls the supply. So it's right. basically what we already have, but just in digital form. And, yeah. the fact, and you don't even need proof of work. It's a data. They literally were like, why don't we just make a database with the Federal Reserve? And then they were talking about how people can literally go directly to the Fed then and bypass, you know, other banks and create this. It's like they went so far off topic from uh, what blockchain is and why you'd want it. Right. It just went right back to the problems that they created in the first place. Except now it's digitized. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to watch them squirm. Because, I mean, you know, who's it's just like the bankers and everybody like trying to come up with last-ditch efforts to argue against Bitcoin. Well, it's yeah. It's like, well, we could do everything. We don't even need proof of work. <laughs> like, why are you wasting all that electricity? It's It's just amazing how... It's like you you got to wonder are they I don't know I mean they're really smart right like they're not these people aren't idiots Well I'm wondering if they have good sources of information I mean to really understand bitcoin you kind of have to live through it you know like anybody that read like mastering bitcoin probably it probably didn't you know click until you went through like the UASF and you saw how like a community even made minor support like Miners are supposed to drive the chain, but the UASF really forced the that out of their hands, which, you know, it's like all game theory and stuff. You got to live through it to really understand it all, not just how it works, but how like the dynamics behind it and how like no one controls it. And I don't think they like that very much. Right. They don't like it very much. But like that's so that guy, Mr. Sherman, when he's making all his arguments and he's like, well, what do you even need it for? What's it even doing? Like, does he... Is, is is that actually what he believes or is he just making arguments to support his cause? Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. I would just love to know what's like really going through his head. He seemed genuine. I just think he was horribly misinformed. Yeah. You know, I don't think he has anybody that understands Bitcoin in his social circle. You know, he probably spent like, you know, he, he sees the highlights of all these drug rings getting busted using Bitcoin 
and doesn't see anything positive, just sees speculation and illicit activity. He's like, yeah. well, why do we have it? But it's like he lived through the internet, right? I mean, the internet was initially used for like strictly porn and like illegal activity and obviously a lot of positive things grew out of it but I now mean, it's without... predominantly legal things that happen on the internet oh yeah well and they and they touched on that you know like we can't like terrorists use planes cars buses or we, we can't just ban things because some people use it the wrong way right like thank god somebody spoke up i mean but you know again like sherman i think he was genuine just not surrounded by the right people or didn't take the time to actually understand what Bitcoin is, um, I can understand why they would all want to fight it, but there are better arguments against it than just, oh, it's only used for drugs. I mean. Yeah, I know. That's like an old school argument. Well, what are, so what are the great arguments against it? <sighs> arguments against Bitcoin. I mean, they could try to say, they could go with the nothing's backing it argument, you know? And try to say we have to protect our, you know, protect investors and just hammer it to death with regulation. Um, right, because because be, it could lead to some major disaster where right, it just right. collapses. Exactly. Like, yeah. When well, the whole world starts running on it, and then everybody realizes nothing's backing it, and everybody pulls right. out, then it'll be like a super yeah. crisis. So they could try to they could try to spin that, you know, and tons of people will just destroy them, like in the know, but. I mean, that's an argument you could make, and it's hard, it's it's it takes work, literally proof of work, to try to argue against it. Right. I mean, all their arguments are like they're looking out for for us, they're looking out for the people. Yeah, just yeah. go ahead and buy a lottery ticket. You could spend a million dollars on lotto, but yeah, got to watch out for you. Yeah, we don't want to support terrorism, tax evaders, people selling drugs. Now. So, yeah, tax evasion, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Like they think Bitcoin's probably the worst thing for tax evasion. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't really get into the weeds with how transparent Bitcoin is and how it's actually, you know, a public ledger that will make it pretty much impossible to do those types of things. Granted, you have things like Monero, but you would think they would they would use Bitcoin to start to make those arguments as positive reasons for crypto. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, the chairman even said it in the beginning. He called it a public ledger, public distributed ledger. But I really don't think they understand. Not only is it public, but it's it's not anonymous. It's pseudo anonymous. And they have a, a very easy time monitoring monitoring these exchanges, you know, in the on and off ramps. Yeah. But they, we definitely are getting like we're reaching that point where everybody's starting to understand that Bitcoin is, you know, not anonymous. It's amazing that it took this long for people to understand that. Like it, it, it didn't really even hit me. You know, it, it takes for whatever reason, it takes a while to realize, even though it's called a public ledger. That it's all right it's actually this thing that's completely public that anybody could access and view and people don't really realize what that means you know like they don't realize it's essentially venmo on steroids for the entire potentially the entire world where you can right. see everybody's transactions for everything forever <laughs> yeah but i think i think we're finally reaching the point in time where people are starting to realize that 
And then you have these regulators who are looking at this and like, well, all right, so now the real problem is these anonymous ones. So you're really starting to see this separation. And I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. I mean, are you think regulations are going to come down on anonymous coins? I think I think if if once they start to understand, I mean, I think they would be too hesitant to just start trying to dismantle Bitcoin. And that'll force them to actually educate themselves on what blockchain is, how Bitcoin works, why it is so popular. And then, yeah, I think they'll realize, you know what, Monero, Zcash, maybe not Zcash so much. They'll say you could use Zcash, just never shield your transactions, you know, <laughs> or we'll freeze the wallet you said, you know, you sent it from or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come after you. But, right, um, you know, sense. yeah. And like, you know, for Monero, it breaks a lot of current financial laws. Um, but again, until people start accepting it on a wide scale, they could just monitor the on and off ramps. Uh, so it's a double edged sword. As we get more adoption, we'll get more attention. And then I think I think they would try to, you know, come down on it. And come down on it. So you think they would just regulate the on ramps and the off ramps? I mean, yeah, that's I, really the only the way they can come down. I mean, until Covery is released, they can tell who's, you know, who's running nodes on the network, um, you know, and stuff like that. They could potentially try to shut down running a node. You know, they could try to they could maybe ban it that way as well. Like if you have a node, you got to turn it off by, you know, January 1st, we're banning Monero, you know, or like like China did. I, I really I would be a little worried of that. Especially because, you know, of all the hype with uh, North Korea side-skirting sanctions and blah, blah, blah. They could probably have a, an argument where they would bundle it up and say, oh, terrorists are using this and we can't track them. We can with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's fine, but Zcash and Monero dead. Yeah. I really, th I, I mean, I'm just obviously biased, but I can't help but always just see the bullish arguments like for Monero. Like even in that, even if we assume that it's going to get regulated, it's just that almost seems like a good thing because it's like literally proving that Monero is doing is the one coin that's doing what all these coins are supposed to be able to do. Yeah, plus so it's like the best know. evidence ever that this this is the coin that is censorship resistant, that is actually fungible. This is the one we have to worry about. Meaning, this is the one that works, and the others don't. So while it may lead to like some dark period because it will be technically be difficult to get fiat into it, overall, I think what it could do is push like these and you know the, the people that are actually building this stuff, you know, the, the coders and the cryptographers, kind of rally them behind the the true crypto coin. That's that's the bullish argument I see, and then could be. I mean, you could add to the bullish argument and say, you know, maybe, um, especially from what we've seen, like the FBI is pretty educated on blockchain, and and they've been tracing, you know, as much as they can, doing blockchain analysis. They might suggest, you know, banning it outright in the U.S. would just make them blind to what's going on. They'd probably prefer it not to be banned. Gather as much info on, you know, exchanges using it follow transactions off exchanges where you can't you know you have to disclose the view key to the wallet you're sending it to off the exchange this way they could try to do 
blockchain analysis on Monero. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they wouldn't want to ban it. Maybe they would actually encourage adoption here to help try to route payments, you know, try to, to, to analyze the chain over. That oh, was like a honeypot. Yeah. 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 I th yeah. I can't imagine. Cause, cause if they did ban it, all they could do is they could stop you from getting your fiat and exchanging it into Monero, right? Like that's the easiest thing they can do. They can make it really hard for you to get Monero. But now we have like these decentralized exchanges that are coming about, right? I mean, that's a real thing. That's not theoretical. They already exist. They're going to get better and better. And it's going to become a point where that's what everybody's using. So as long as you can get Bitcoin, Monero will just be a click away. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially, you know, once they get like decentralized exchanges are great. Uh, Covery, though, will really be uh, the biggest step towards just being unstoppable, you know? Right, because then you're saying that people can... You can yeah. run your node, you can run everything. The blockchain will just run. You could mine it on I2P and they won't know where you're mining from. They won't Why? know. Like governments are going to like start like breaking down doors and be like you're running a Monero node? I mean, they, they could, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, do I see, yeah, do you guys see that happening? No, unless Monero really gained serious adoption, yeah. where it was like, you know, a hundred, two hundred billion dollar, uh, you know, giant black hole where they're just like, we can't collect tax on it. We have no idea who's using this stuff, you know, and it'll just drive them nuts. Because I think that's, that's a perfect example of something that would like rally people, right? Just imagine that new story, like people getting raided and their well, miners getting taken away and like now you're getting into the whole freedom of speech thing you're like you'll rally up a larger portion of the population when they start people be like yeah. wait a minute why why are governments not allowing people to run some computer code i mean that that doesn't seem right it's supposed to be america like i, I, so I, I don't know like if they would go you know I can't imagine the government would start to go down that road unless they're like, wow, it's really being used to skirt sanctions or like, you know, terrorists are being funded by this. And, yeah, I mean, know. at the end of the day, I, they wouldn't have to try to ban it or stop nodes. They would just keep exchanges from offering it, you know? And yeah, that would be the first thing they would, that would be the easiest thing for them to do. And like I said, then, but is that really effective? No, I mean, listen, you can't stop Monero at this point. You'd right. Need, you know, literally, you need consensus that this is a bad thing, and everyone turn your stuff off, please. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's not stoppable. They could dent the price, um, like China did, you know, from five to three k when they banned it last year. But right. uh, you know that's temporary, and then people realize, like, oh well, who needs China? You know, right. a lot of fake volume out of there anyway. Forget it. Um, so same thing would eventually happen. You just have to weather that storm. Crazy. Crazy yeah. times. Oh, yeah. So next, oh, you know what we should do? What I want to do? I want to do a movie, like a movie 3000 approach where we take, Oh, yeah, I was thinking that too. We'll yeah. take like a, we'll play a video like that panel discussion and then just pause it after they say stupid things and, you know, actually fill people watching this in on why it's stupid what they're saying. Do we know how to do that? Um, sure. Yeah, we could set that up. I mean, you could screen share and just play the video. Um, and then pause, okay. you know, play and pause, play and pause. People won't get to see, you know, you're, you're pretty mug, but they'll get the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we should definitely do that. Let's do that yeah. next, next time. Yeah, that'll be cool. Wait, there was one other thing I want to talk about. Um, you see this tweet 
somebody sent out, I don't know if it was an article that was written. The journalist getting scammed in the uh, ETH Ethereum giveaway? That no, was no, no, it was a Monero one about the Monero network cash rate and how it's been affected since um, essentially ASICs have been booted and the proof of work algorithm has changed. Right, right. What's See the that pie chart? It was pretty interesting. It, does it show, obviously it should show a lot less centralization. Yeah. It's, it, that's exactly what it's showing. So that's awesome. It's nice to see it working. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I thought that was a great uh, convo we had. Like, what was it? A, maybe a month ago. At this point, who knows? Maybe it was ten years ago. Um, the uh, how how Bitcoin, even though the community is growing, its mining is getting more and more centralized, and it's not leading towards decentralization. And that's really that's a a really odd outcome like you wouldn't expect that you'd think more people would dive into the mining sphere and they would you know end up decentralizing the entire mining community but you're just watching bitmain just gobble people up and take over wait you're saying you thought what did you think was going to happen you, you i would have thought as as bitcoin grew in adoption you'd also have large companies jumping in on the mining side of things and balance out bitmain's operation but you're seeing the opposite happen where they're literally cornering the entire mining market you're not seeing more decentralization in bitcoin yeah well i mean that's how monopolies happen right with any like tech like like that right i mean yeah they just have such a huge head start yeah so that i mean they have the head start so it makes that just become stronger and stronger um so it kind of makes sense i mean the, the only argument is, I guess, eventually, right? Aren't they saying like when ASICs, when it's going to be, ASICs will kind of like level out, right? In, in how much improvement you'll be making year to year over the previous version ASIC, right? right, right. Yeah, I forget what law that is, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, essentially Moore's Law. So as we approach that, which supposedly we are, then it becomes more of a, commodity and you can't really compete as much so that any any company can start to just pump out asics as well i mean that's that's like that's the argument that's being made i don't know if i buy that too i mean i, I don't know if that's kind of yeah, yeah. Of economics that people are but I, it doesn't seem the fact is it's becoming more centralized now yeah and that right. that to me was very counterintuitive right so like they're banking on some hypothetical situation where in the future it may start to become more decentralized, which I don't know if I believe that forecast. It's like, why not try to become more decentralized today, which is what Monero did. Right, right. Yeah, well, I think switching proof of work every six months is a great idea. You know, look at what I like doing is I look at the Monero original, see if anybody was insane enough to keep, you know, on that chain. Still has hash rate, still has, you know, like it's dropped to like 20 grand a day volume. I think people have realized like you don't need insanely high security. Like Bitcoin has more security than it would ever need right now. Right. It's continuing to climb. So, uh, you know, I just would you would you recommend the switch on the proof of work algo for Bitcoin or no? I think that would be. No, cool. only because I'm all Monero and <laughs> let them go down to flames. <laughs> no, honestly, like it seems like a big problem. It seems like a huge problem. I mean, and I don't, and this is just another example of the narrow maximalist kind of like 
just watching them contort arguments to work around things like, oh, well, it's not, you know, it will, ASICs are a problem now, but they won't be in the future. Uh, but it's a huge problem right now. Like, you're, like the whole point of this is to have this decentralization so things are censorship resistant. If it's essentially like five guys around the world that are running all the oh, yeah. mining farms, it's not decentralized, right? Not at all. Well, you know, I thought that like, was some talk about a worst case scenario. Like, can't you have like the government essentially like tap these guys on the shoulder and be like, you know, you work for us now, essentially? Like, well, see, you know, it's funny. All right, so there's two things I'd want to say on that point. One. It's, it's kind of, that's like what I would be worried about. If I own Bcash, where they're like, who cares? You don't need full nodes. We can just rely on a few people to run the chain. Like, they're literally all for the centralization by, via, you know, bandwidth constraints and blockchain bloat. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, that guy, the Blue Matt, the same mm -hmm. Rollo on Twitter. Yeah. He, uh, he had a great solution where you would just, you, you would join a mining pool but you would run the software yourself. And so one pool operator doesn't control 50,000 people mining. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, and so that would be one way to avoid uh, you know, lowering the risk of a 51% attack, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. I'm trying to do screen share. What is it doing? Um, I see 80 screens right now. Zoom yeah, why out. is it doing that? It's like oh. you ever played Doom back in the day? It was How about now? Now do you just see yeah, that? Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, so yeah, here was the chart, the pie chart of Monero network cash rate before <laughs> proof of work change. That was us right there, man, in the small pools. <laughs> and then after, seems to be working pretty damn well. Wow. Oh, hell yeah. See but I think that's a doomsday scenario too. For like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. I think that's a huge problem, right? Like, look at like AT and T, right? Like, they became this huge utility that provides, or Verizon, right? Like, you're telling me that the NSA doesn't have a good relationship with AT and T and Verizon? Yeah, that's scary. So, what's the difference between that and, you know? That these guys knocking on the door of the five guys that essentially control all the mining in Bitcoin. Especially with 80% being in China, their government, you know, there's they, they have no problem knocking. Right. Nobody's going to say no. They're already, they're super, super wealthy. Yeah. Like the, the only thing they don't have is the guns of a gun, the guns and power of a government. So they're not going to like throw it away and be like, no, we're just, we're Bitcoin and we're decentralized. <laughs> they're gonna roll over in a second oh, absolutely if they're like yeah no, no don't worry keep doing what you're doing just if we ever need you we're gonna give you a call so i mean that's the reason why this whole thing was invented yeah that's what like so i just think it's a tremendous issue and once again it's another check mark in the plus column for monero because they're doing it right I think I think Spagny, while he's the biggest troll, you know, in crypto, I think he's got to be one of the sharpest guys in crypto. I mean, yeah, he really is. You know, he's on top of it. He under, he sees what works, what doesn't. And, you know, he's a cypherpunk. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I got to get I mean, we met him at the at the party at the New York thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've in person got a good, you know, good vibe from him. Like he's he's really in it for 
Yeah, it was you weird know. that he was handing out vibes to people, but you know, he's a troll. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so listen, why don't we uh, we'll leave it there, and then uh, I guess next episode we could talk about either uh, privacy coins in general, Monero, Zcash, maybe get Verge Chick. Nice, get Verge Chick down here. <laughs> you think? Yeah, we just. What's that? I think she realizes Verge was a fluke. Think uh, no, she remember she changed her mind. Eventually, she was like, she was a Monero person. Now, were you oh, there when she? Said, no, yeah. no, no. After the party, know. she came up to us. She's like, I like Monero now. <laughs> there you go. How yeah. can you not? All right, cool. Man. All right, man. So, where, where do you see Monero going right now with this Bitcoin pump? Um, you know, we took a li- like a really small dip. Um. I don't know if it was maybe from today's conference. Uh, maybe people are, are thinking. I think the only two threats to Monero right now, as far as price goes, is uh, the potential for regulation might keep people a little uh, afraid. And, um, you know, now that Grin's launching, maybe people think that might be something to look at. But, um, you know, to me, I, I only go for the, the stuff that's proven and tested. You know? That's what we should, we should do. We should do an episode on Grin, too. I yeah. Mean. If we can, I mean, when is it launching? I, I gotta look into all the details. I haven't, I haven't kept tabs on it. That's gonna be pumped, like to no end. Yeah, that's gonna get pumped really high, especially because they're really trying to sell the whole fair launch. You know, they're announcing the date way ahead of time. They'll release the mining algo, no pre-sale. Yeah, like even the Bitcoin maximalists are like giving it kind of a, a pass. Yeah, know. for now until it grows like Monero. Then right, exactly. Like they see it as like, all right, well, we missed out on Monero, so let's be programmed. <laughs> Very true. But whatever. All right, man. I'll uh, I'll text you. We'll try to figure out another time. Sounds good. Later. All right, see ya. Peace.